I don't know if you could sense that or not, but as soon as he started, there was a depth that happened. Brother Tony, I'm not lifting him up. I'm lifting up the gifting that is in him. God has put something special in this man ever since I've known him. He was just here just a, a few months, few, not very long, and God began to use him in a tongue. And I, I, I think it might become some of the native tongue that's around here. I'm not really sure. I've not been able to put my finger on it, I, and, and, and it doesn't matter. But there's something about that that just it reaches into this area, and it ministers and it intercedes for things that are going on right here in this area in Jesus' name. And I appreciate all of you responding to this. Not being afraid of it. Just follow the flow. That's what, you, that's what we got to do. Whatever God wants to do is, is okay with me in Jesus' name. Praise God. Um, praise God. I'm going to let you be seated for a little bit and catch your breath. <clears throat> appreciate what the Lord is doing and continues to do in Jesus' name. Just as a side note here. I would have you pray this week, um, our, our district conference, the Rocky Mountain District, which consists of three different states. It's quite a challenge. Um, but nevertheless, that's what we find ourselves, and our district conference is going on in Salt Lake City. And so that will happen this week. I myself, I'm heading down there Tuesday uh, to be in meetings on Wednesday, and so Brother, um, Brother Mike is going to be teaching on Wednesday night. So I've got confidence in him and what he's going to bring to you. So come to church. Come to church on Wednesday nights, or uh, this Wednesday night, and, and receive something from the Lord in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Uh, don't forget this morning we talked about these pamphlets. If you would like one of these, let me know. Um, this, is, this would be a, a tremendous outreach tool during this time before Pentecost Sunday. And let's anticipate that God wants to fill hundreds and hundreds of people with the baptism of the Holy Ghost right here in this area, right here in this area. And hopefully a study like this could stir somebody up to the fact, to the knowledge that that promise is for them. Praise God. It in, and it is a promise in Jesus' name. Don't forget this morning, I'm going to continue on just a little bit in another little bit of a vein here. But don't forget, God has made an oath and he's made a promise. These are two immutable things that cannot and will not change. God doesn't change course in the middle. He just keeps on going. And so you and I can have confidence in what he's doing in the name of Jesus. And so the scripture talks about the fact that these things can become an anchor to our soul. Really. And this morning we talked a little bit about... Um, um, uh, about ships, and I uh, gave you my little fascination in it, and I, I still am very fascinated with ships, how it all works, you know, and that type of thing. Never been on a long, a real long journey on a ship, but I understand that there are certain things that, that need to happen. In fact, if you look at the scripture in, um, in uh, uh, Matthew chapter number 11, just kind of again as a side note here, Jesus makes reference to a nautical term in that, and he's talking about the way, uh, uh, a little bit about, about the way a ship is loaded. And I understand, I mentioned it this morning, that there's, um, there at times are, is tremendous pressure on the church. There just is. And um, I'm not here to scare anybody, I'm just saying that, that when you, when you um, commit yourself to the apostolic church, um, uh, you become a target sometimes, not all the time but you become a target you know, to the devil and his system because he does not like truth. He does not like people who are living the truth and, and proclaiming it, and so remember that. And so from time to time, your load, 
needs to be shifted. Sometimes you're a little heavy on one end. Sometimes you've got too many things going up front. And maybe some of that stuff needs to be considered to be put on the back burner. You know, and, and, and maybe a little long-term, longer-term project. Praise God. And sometimes that can take a lot of pressure off of things. We just think that, you know, God starts with us at 7 in the morning and everything will be fine by noon. And sometimes it's a little longer than that. Sometimes it goes on beyond 6 o'clock in, in the evening. Sometimes it goes to the next day or the next week or the next month. But you just hang in there and allow the Lord to, um, to sometimes shift your, your load. Uh, the, the scripture I'm referring to is found in, in Matthew chapter 11 and verse number 28. It says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Now, we heard part of that as an interpretation of the Spirit this morning. Do you remember that? Come unto me. That was the plea. And so I don't think that we're too far off by bringing this scripture up again tonight. Come unto me. That's what he's saying. You know, um, he said, all ye that, are la that labor and are of heavy, heavy laden. There's the nautical term. It says, and I will give you rest. God will. He's got a way of coming in and saying it's going to be okay. Don't worry about it. Tomorrow morning or tomorrow we'll, we'll get back at it again and, and we're just going to keep, keep on keeping on, praise God. But here's the important thing, and one of the things I pray for on a regular basis that I pray uh, because of Scripture that, that, that the, yoke, the yoke will be destroyed. There's people um, um, even in this room here that have experienced the yoke of things, and, um, and it wasn't very pleasant. And sometimes God wants to come upon us and he wants to take that yoke from us. He wants to um, give us an overcoming power of that yoke. I think and I believe eventually when we get to the new earth and, and everything is on the other side of, of, of eternity, um, I think all of these things are going to be destroyed. I really do. I feel like there's not going to be any pain, no sorrow, no tears. None of that stuff is going to be there. That's what the Scripture claims. And so you and I, we can, we can um, be encouraged by that. And so he says, take my yoke upon you, and there it is. That's the antidote. It's when you get, when God loosens that yoke from you. And even this week, this morning, I felt that happening for several here that the yoke of the world was on you in some form or fashion. It wasn't because you're a bad person. It's because of where you're at. And that yoke has been loosened. Some of you felt that. And, and that's real. That's very much real. Well, the important thing is, is that as that gets loosened completely off us, is that we just don't remain in that state, that we put something else there. And that's why Jesus says, you know, um, take my yoke or his yoke upon you. And basically what that is, is he comes right alongside of us and he gets right into the battle with us. He helps us. That's sometimes what has to happen. The load is too heavy, period. You're going to bust your back. You're going to give yourself a, you know, a hernia. You're going to, I mean, and I'm saying this in the flesh, but in the spiritual realm, those things can work too. And, and you're just trying to lift too much. You're just trying to do too much. You're just trying to um, uh, go too fast sometimes. And so he says to get in the yoke, because one thing I've learned about the, about, the, about the Lord with myself, personal experience, is that he has a way of slowing me down. But he slows me down. And, I, and, and I've learned to appreciate that. 
And it's because I've learned of him. I learned that he's not in a big hurry. And for, he says, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. And always remember this in verse number 30, that his yoke is easy. Compared to the yoke in the world, my friend, it's, it's not even to be compared. And his burden is light. Doesn't mean it's not going to be there. It's just not going to be anything compared to what you are experiencing, praise God, in this world. And so take advantage of that. Get deeper in the Lord. Spend some time by yourself meditating upon that Bible that you read. Trust the Lord that sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes he'll give you a word that he doesn't want you just to, 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 to go on to the next thing. He wants you to concentrate on that. Concentrate on what that means for your life right now. And boy, you'll find yourself with a deeper meaning and you'll find yourself with, with, with a tremendous comfort. The Bible says that he will keep at perfect peace the peoples whose minds are stayed on him. Praise God. And so God has got all of that for you. What I'm doing here is I'm exhorting. I'm lifting up. I'm giving everybody something. You know, praise God. Because this word is, I know it's, it's quite, a, quite a broad word that I'm giving right now. But it's for you. You can take this word and you can apply it to your life. And you can see some tremendous results in Jesus' name. Praise God. Now back to the subject, and I want to try to complete this tonight. Um, is the fact that, you know, in a ship there are things that are very, very important. And we made reference to the fact this morning, um, in my opinion, that the ship that, that God refers or the analogy that he gives us for the church is not a cruise ship. It's not that. <clears throat> I think a lot of times it's a fishing vessel. It has something that it needs to do. Amen. It needs to focus on. And so evangelism is one of those areas that the church um, has to try and, and keep a certain portion of our focus on that. We do. People are lost, folks, without the Lord. That is not a judgmental statement. That is a matter of fact. Without being born again, people are not going to see the kingdom of God. They're not going to be able to enter into the kingdom of God. That is not some UPCI arrogance. That comes straight from the Bible. Remember a couple of weeks ago we talked about that, being born again. It's important. It's the plan of God. That doesn't mean that we excel it in some people's lives. No, it just means that we keep sowing that seed. Keep sowing that seed, you know. And God can give you unique ways to say the same thing. He can. Not that you're compromising, but you're keeping that subject open to people. And so remember that, praise God. But in order for that to happen, there are three things that God, I've, I've studied this a little bit, and I, I probably even have taught on it before, but if I have, forgive me, I feel like I need to mention it tonight. There's three things that are important for this ship of Zion. Three things, amen. And I want you to, to, to consider taking heed to this in Jesus' name. I was going to bring that up, but I, I, I'm, I'm going to get it now so I don't forget. This, this book here has been very dear to me. I've been through it now, I think, three times. And it just, it really speaks to me. It's a book that Brother David Bernard has written, uh, I think one of his newest ones, and it's called Anchor Points. I made mention this morning about his book on holiness. I would get that book as soon as you can and begin to study that. That's a personal study that everybody ought to be about. 
Holiness is not something that's bad. It's something that's good for you and it will draw you closer to God than you ever have. Not because you're such a great person, but because God imparts his holiness unto you. That's what he does. You and I can't produce this stuff. We can, and we try so desperately, and we get frustrated. That doesn't mean that we don't do our part. It just means that we've got to learn to receive from him. He imparts holiness unto us. And the thing that really has to change that I have found, and, um, and God is so good at doing this, is the desire has to change. That's where it really all kind of stems from. But sometimes we work on the outside. I think I gave somebody, you, sister, the analogy today. Holiness to us has been like an iceberg in, in, in the movement that I am in. And I'm not being criti critical. I'm just being observant. And most of the time what we've dealt with is the part that's above the sea. That's what we've dealt with. And it's the stuff that we can see, the stuff that's obvious. And I'm not saying that it isn't important. I'm saying but there's a whole lot more other stuff that's important underneath that. And usually those icebergs go a whole lot deeper than they extend out of the sea. And that's what God wants to help you to do. He doesn't want you to become a Titanic. You're not unsinkable. You're not. And so sometimes we have to beware of these things, and God can help us to deal with that. And I believe that he is. I believe he is maturing a church in these last days that is going to be so powerful on his behalf. I mean to tell you, it is going to be just, you're going to love being in the church. I mean to tell you, warm up to that. This is a great place. You are great people because of what God has done in your lives. Not because of what you bring to it. It's because of what he has given you. And now you're learning to receive. You're learning to get. You're learning to operate in these things. And it's just, my goodness, it's getting better and better and better and better. And so I'm excited about that. I hope you can feel that in my spirit tonight. But one of the things that we need, and, and, and I made reference to this before, is an anchor. We need something to anchor us to this. And that's, you know, the Bible talked about it this morning, about these two immutable things that God has done that won't change, his oath and his promise. Well, they're designed to be an anchor in your life. That when all hell breaks loose, when things don't go right, when you, when you get frustrated, when you're impatient, that type of thing, there's something that's holding you into this. Praise God. And that's what God wants to do. If you, if you, if you don't have this book, I would certainly advise you to get it. It's just, it'd be a small um, uh, investment. But the first, I think it's seven or eight chapters, Brother Bernard deals with anchor points. Things like, um, I've written them down, faith in God. I know you've heard this before, but having faith in God is a tremendous anchor. God's word, he deals a whole chapter with this. You know, the revelation of Jesus Christ as the mighty God. That is a powerful anchor for, for us apostolics. The new birth, you know, and then uh, number five is life in the spirit. And then we talked about it this morning, number six, the pursuit of holiness, realizing you and I don't have this down yet. We have to pursue the things of God, and that's what God can give you and I a hunger for, that we're not scared of them anymore. We're going to go after them. We're going to get better. We're going to get these things in our lives. 
Praise God. By this time, next, set yourself some long-term goals. You say, by September, God, things are going to be different in my life. Praise God. Put a mandate on it. Decree something. That's what the book of Job taught us. He talked about decreeing a thing. Cut it right out and say, okay, I'm going to concentrate on this, and this is going to happen in my life. I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray. It's going to happen in the name of Jesus. And then rise up and say, be God to be the glory in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. And so anchors will help us to stay there while that's happening. And so this is what God wants to do. Amen. And the last anchor that he refers to in his book is the promise of eternal life. This is not it. We're just warming up. Praise God. Amen. I'm just warming up. Oh, I, that song, I remember, who was it? The, the Magruders, I think it was, that sang that. Oh, my goodness. That's truth. Praise God. Oh, feel like dancing. I do, in the name of Jesus. So an anchor will help us to do that. And so this is what is needed. If you study that 27th chapter of the book of Acts, you know, in, that I referred to this morning, you'll find that when that ship was wanting to drive and go way out and do this and that type of thing, they literally had to put down anchors so it would stay there. And one time they put anchors down just so that they could wait until the morning. They couldn't see anything at night. They didn't know where they were going. And so they had to stay still, you know, until the night or till the night passed and then the morning came. And so they put anchors down. And there's times that's what you're going to have to do. Man, I'm going through a fantastic study on prayer, and I'm going to present it to the church when I'm finished. And it talks about the six different times that prayer is important. And one of, the th one of those times he refers to this man, and brilliant, praise God, is times of darkness. That there's times that we just don't really know what's going on. And we could make some huge mistakes. We could go some places that will, that will cost us a whole lot more than we want to pay. And so sometimes we got to have those anchors in our life that will cause us to stay. This is one of the diseases, you know, in our culture with our, our local churches. I've always been a proponent of a local church. I'm not against the Internet. We're on it again tonight, and I hope some people are beneficiaries because of that. But the bottom line is, folks, I believe it's the will of God for most people to get to a local church, get in there and start working with the things that God has already given you and become a contributor there, become somebody, praise God, that helps minister to that place. Did, dealt with that a lot this morning. I understand that. But the bottom line is that's what God wants you to do. Praise God. He wants to, he wants to get you busy doing some things. And so an anchor at times will help us to do that because God doesn't change. He will not. Amen. He is the same forever, you know, and that's the way it is. The second thing that's important, and I'm not talking about our modern ships. I'm talking about what the Bible refers to as ships, is that mainsail. Praise God. That's how they got around, is they had to put that sail up, and they had to, the wind was the thing that drove those ships on the most part. And so I look at, uh, the, and I look at the, the sail as, as pointing us in the right direction. That's what it was. There were times, and I'm going back to that 27th chapter of, of Acts, and I hope that I'm not wearing you out with that example, but there were times where they had to stay in that harbor because the wind was contrary. And they couldn't get out. 
You know, they didn't have these, you know, 500 horsepower motors they could put on the back of that, that, that ship. They didn't have that. They were, they were committed to the, to, the, to the winds. And you and I, you know, we'd like to get, you know, you know a 500 horsepower motor so that we could get through some of this stuff. But sometimes God says, no, the wind of Pentecost, the wind of the Holy Ghost will come and it will begin to blow on you, praise God. You know, let's go to the book of, um, of Acts chapter number 2 and let's remind ourselves of something here. Praise God. The scripture teaches us on the day of Pentecost in verse number 1, 2, Acts chapter 2 and verse number 1. Praise God. The Bible says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, the scripture says they were all with one accord. That means that they, they were of the, all the same mindset. And it says, and in one place. That's what it means. To be in accord means that I wanted to be in church today. I wanted to be here at this prayer meeting. I wanted to be here when, when, when uh, Bible study came. That's what that means, praise God. And so this is why the 120 that were up there got, in my opinion, such quick results. It's because they were unanimous. We just about had that point this morning, by the way. There was just a couple of holdouts. Not that they were bad people, but they were just not sure if this is where they wanted to go. And so I'm still, I'm believing that one of these days we're going to have one of those unanimous things in this church. And you just watch the spiritual roof come off of this place. I mean to tell you the momentum will be just powerful. Amen. I mean to tell you it will. Praise God. But I have to have patience. I have to get into the yoke with Jesus. I have to say, well, just go up there and preach again tonight, Carnahan. Just go ahead and do it again tonight. Praise God. Just keep playing that piano. Praise God. Just keep doing it in Jesus' name. And I got a time for this. And that's what I do. That's what I settle. And so the, the Bible says that they were, in, they were there because they wanted to be and they were in the same place. And the scripture says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Somebody say amen. It says, as of a rushing mighty wind. I don't know if that's what it was, but that's the only way they could describe it. So you must understand, a lot of times in Scripture, that's what they're doing. They're trying to describe what God is doing. And I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying it is even that, but sometimes it might not be that. The Bible says it was like a rushing mighty wind, praise God. You know, I lived about, about 50 or maybe about 70 miles from Tornado Alley. Most of 35, 33 years, you know. And, and in, in Iowa there, there uh, you get up to the northern Iowa at one time, that was called Tornado Alley because tornadoes would come through there and they would kind of catch their steam. In fact, there was a little town, I think I made references, Barneville, Wisconsin, that was hit, I think, twice in about like five years. And it was a very small town. It was just one of those mail stops, you know. But they literally, what they did was they moved that town. They got tired of rebuilding, you know. And so tornadoes were a big thing back in Iowa. I mean, bad storms. I mean, they come up, and you're, you're hearing that on the news. But, you know, I never saw one until I came out here. I am not exaggerating. I never saw a full-blown tornado, and I've seen three of them out here. And I am not exaggerating. Off my back porch out there on, on Wilson Way, one day we looked out our back porch, and there was a rope tornado that came. It was right over there. I thought it was in the foothills, but it, probably not. I don't know. It looked, you know how it is when you're looking at something far away. But there it was. It came right down. And it was an awesome spectacle. I know they're dangerous, but it was an awesome spectacle. 
And then one time we were coming back from Rapid City, Sister Carnahan and I and her mother, um, and we were just driving by Beulah. I'll never forget this. And all of a sudden, we looked over on, in the field over there, and this big tornado came down. Classic, I'm talking about classic tornado, came down and spent about, I would say, a good 20 seconds on the ground. And we could see it. It was right over there. And it was, un, I, I mean, I didn't even know what to do. I thought, well, I can't pull off. I got to keep going. But it was just an awesome sight. And then the last one um, was when I was going to a youth camp. I was district superintendent, and I needed to be there, and I had my little mini Cooper at that time, and, and, and there were storm warnings all over the place, and I thought, well, you know, it doesn't meet me. You know, that's somebody else, and my wife gets so mad when I say things like that. But the bottom line is I headed south on Highway 50, and, and I was listening to the radio because they were warning there's, and there was a cell, some kind of a cell that was right down there. And all of a sudden, I saw all of these cars heading the other way. And I'm the only one going south. And after a while, I'm going, am I the dumb one here? You know? But all of a sudden, when they all, and I, I, I'm telling you, there must have been, and my son was in the, in the mix of that, you know? He saw my car, I think it was. You know, because he was heading back from work. They were telling people, get out of those fields because there's something coming that could be very dangerous. And here's, you know, Carnahan, you know, and a little mini Cooper going right down the road there. But all of a sudden, I looked over to the left because I was just, ugh, and the rain started to come a little bit. And all of a sudden, I looked over to the left, and there it was. It came right down in the field that was to the left of me. So God has, has, has given me that experience. I don't know what for. But the bottom line is, folks, that's a lot of wind, a lot of concentrated wind that happens. And I believe our God sometimes will do that, not in a destructive way. But there's things that need to be completely blown out of our lives. I felt that a little bit here this morning. There was some rust. There was some, uh, you know, whatever, just things of the flesh that needed to be blown out of our lives. And I believe that God will do that from time to time. But we need his wind. We need that sail to point us in that right direction. And that's what God can do in the name of Jesus. And then the last thing, and there's probably a number of other things that you could think of that need to be on that boat. But the, the third thing, and I'm going to quit here in just a little bit. Um, you, you get ready in Jesus' name. But, uh, I, you know, is, is we need to have tools. If you and I are going to be effective soul winners, if we're going to be effective people who are, um, are used in that realm of God, we're going to have to have a net we're going to have to have some things that we can fish with. And I hope, I don't know some of you are still, that's what I kind of felt a little bit in here this morning, is you don't, have, you don't have quite have that confidence in the church yet. You don't. And I'm not blaming you. Maybe you, you got your fingers and toes stepped on someplace else and maybe somebody said something like me that offended you a couple of times. You got to understand, I, sometimes I can do that. I don't try to do it. I really don't. But sometimes I just say things and, and I, you know, I go home and I think, oh, I don't know, you know, and God just says, don't worry, I'll fix it, you know. But the bottom line is that's how it works sometimes. You know, I have this treasure like you do in an earthen vessel. And so we got to learn to heal fast. we got to learn to do that, folks. We can't put up and, 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 and maul it over for weeks and months. All you're going to do is create a spirit of, of bitterness in you, and you're going to have a hard time getting over that one. 
And so I'm not telling you that you, that you can't critique what's going on in here, but learn to have confidence in what God is doing in here. What God is doing. And I, you know, again, we're not perfect. I'm, man, far from it. There's people can preach me underneath the pews and stuff. And I'm, I'm, I'm not denigrating myself. I'm just telling you how it is. But you, I think all of you can recognize I do the best I can. That's all, I'm going, that's all I can do. And I'm not asking you to, to feel sorry for me or, or, or that type of thing. I'm just telling you that. I, I hope that you can feel that. Yeah. That is something that comes out of me. I can't help that because that's the way God built me. Praise God. As you go forward, you do the best you can, and that's the commitment I give to you. I'm going to give you the word as he gives it to me. Praise God. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I've been doing for years, and I'm not going to switch gears in, in these last days. And so start having confidence in here. The point I'm making is sometimes God wants to use you to bring people into the church, into an environment where within seconds they could receive the Holy Ghost. Within minutes they could start repenting of their sins. I mean to tell you why. Because there's an atmosphere here. There's a one accord in this place that is powerful. I'm telling you, it works a whole lot better than just you and I, one, one person in it. You know, going out there and trying to do this on our own. And so I'm praying that God will help you to have confidence in this lighthouse. In fact, what I feel like this is, this is one of those haven of, uh, cities of, of refuge. God has made the city of Gillette, this church, this particular church, because of the things that God has given us, the giftings, into a haven. The people can come in here and they can get healed. They can get the perspective back. And I believe that some of you are already experiencing that. Praise God. And what I'm trying to get you to do is claim it. Claim it. Walk out of here and say, it's done. In Jesus' name. And let God do those things for you and continue to do those things until the next time we come together. And then just continue it on. That's you. I thought somebody had a cell phone in here. She's going to sing, and she does a great job. We have ministries in this church that are second to none. And so let's let her sing to us. And if you feel to respond, I'm telling you, go ahead and do it. Don't hesitate. Let yourself become spontaneous. And let the Lord do something for you in Jesus' name. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. No weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Because the God I serve knows only how to triumph. My God will never fail. My God will never fail. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Oh, I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. 
all testimonies of that 